again and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. We're going to have a really good show today. That's my friend, Louis Rodriguez. He's here in studio joining us today. Woo! Welcome, lie. sir. Thank welcome, you, sir. You. How are you doing today? I'm doing very fine today. I'm glad to be here with you guys. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Uh, over here to my right, we got my dad, Gary Moore, going to be bringing the message today. How are you doing today? Oh, fabulous. It doesn't get any better than this. And in fourth chair today, we've uh, had to change it up. Uh, Luca had to work tonight, so uh, we brought back our host of Laughing Libertarian, Alan McFarland. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. It was a, a good two and a half hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we stayed up late <laughs> editing for sure. Yeah, it was a long night. But hey, we're here. We're pumped up. Look who we have in the studio. We have Louie. We don't push buttons tonight. We have words. Louis. You're leaving me hanging. Oh, Okay. All right. So. No Tom Brady action there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not saying we're not fans of Tom Brady. We're just not saying that we are fans of Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> hey, as long as he doesn't throw a tablet, we're fine. It is yes. in my opinion. <laughs> All right. So we're going to uh, start off the show as we always do with the faith portion. My dad's going to um, lead us into prayer so that we can pray over the message. Thank you. Blessed Heavenly Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor first for our salvation, Lord. We know the needs of the people today, Lord. We just ask that let the word go forth to touch the hearts of those that will be listening and watching later on, Lord. We just ask that you just touch us all in a way that just moves us. Give us wisdom, guidance, and direction as we go about this show, Lord, that we can honor you in all aspects of it. We just ask to be with those that uh, should have been on here tonight that can't be, Lord. We ask uh, for special prayer for Louie and his family um, as the discussion pre-show uh, that we had had. Lord, we just know that you're going to be moving in his family in a mighty way. Um, Bo, who was on one of the other episodes, Lord, is uh, struggling with sickness. We just give it to you, Lord, and know that you are in control. We ask all of this Absolutely. in Jesus' blessed and holy name. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Amen. All right. Tonight, our topic is, do you know who you are? I was so afraid you were going to call me the Muffin Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But it all... He lives on Drury Lane. Yes. The good I thing moved. is, when you kind of look at the scripture that we're going to be in, you can kind of... You see some similarities, maybe even to the Muffin Man or to the Gingerbread Man. So be careful there, Gingy. <laughs> uh, it is chapter one of Ephesians. We will start in verse number two. Uh, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and start in verse one. We're going to read down through about seven verses. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according 
to the riches of his grace. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word there. Now, I'd like for you to kind of take a moment, and we're going to go back up to verse number four. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. And that's pretty miraculous. You've got to realize and come to the understanding, Christ loved you so much because he is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He knew you before this world showed up. So for the flat earthers, I'm sorry, we're round, everything's good. Um, Wait, the earth or us? Well, we're, we're all good. Around. Well, I'm certainly around. Well, <laughs> I, I think there's aroundness to all of us at some point. Uh, we we can ask for prayer for change, but in the end, we may not get the change we want. It, uh, the, the change we get from God will be better than the change we got from Obama. Absolutely. Oh, Ooh, absolutely. Be <laughs> beating be, be to the punch. <laughs> Man, I really thought that was a hit. Maybe that'll make a blooper reel somewhere along yeah, the way. Right. I mean, I, I thought... I, Oh, go ahead, sorry. I know how Johnny Carson feels now. <laughs> Some of his jokes were meant to fail just so you got the good uh, people reaction, but go ahead. Oh, I thought maybe you were also going to tie in Biden and say no matter how big the denomination of the bill, we're only getting change back. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Well, I don't know that we're getting any change back from the bill, just that we get to pay the bill. <laughs> but from the foundation of the world, he knew us. In the book of Jeremiah who is a prophet, as a young man. God said, I knew you before you were born, before you were formed in your mother's womb. I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. I mean, think about that. You're a teenager, and God says, you now must preach to nations, not your family, not your town, nations, plural. And now that we have scripture completed and we have the We've got the Bible. Yes, mine is a little wore out. That means I've been in it a few times. It just don't go in the back of my car. Looks and like an it, original. Yeah. The, the only news, the duct tape that holds it together. <laughs> um, but he knew us, so he had ordained us. And the great thing is, is for us, is there a Jew among us? There's no Jews. No, no Jews among us. Okay, so we're not part of the promised people. So therefore, as the verse said... Right there in verse number five says, having predestinated us unto adoption, under the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ. So what Christ had done on the cross when he died for us, he gave us that ability that we, that he is saying, you are part of me. I am a part of you. So if we would all come to that understanding that he is part of us, whether we like it or not. Um, or us Gentiles are adopted children. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's hard to believe, you know. It's like, well, the adoption process is so expensive. Well, guess what? I got a very simple and inexpensive adoption program for you. It's called salvation through Jesus Christ's blood. What he done upon the cross? Good golly molly. Um, bless it all. We got that victory. It's like you just, it's real simple. Lord, I'm a sinner. And how do you know you're a sinner? Well, he gave us 10 commandments just to give us a baseline. No other gods before me. Don't say my name in vain. No graven images. That seems pretty simple. But unfortunately, the almighty dollar comes in front of a whole lot of people. And that's where we fall. Sure does. We fall short. He gave us the simple things. Now, so many people say, well, I've kept the 10 commandments. I've never killed anyone. Goodness. Okay. 
So that's you, one. <laughs> okay. Well, have you ever thought, I don't like that person? Well, if you have, if you have hate in your heart, then you have, in essence, committed murder. Now, we've all can admit we've told a lie. Now, how many of us has used the Lord's name in vain at least once in our life? Okay. Yeah. At, table at least once. So, so at a minimum of one time. And I'm most certain that the Lord will not strike any of us down by sending a lightning bolt through, but we all fall short of the glory of God, Scripture says. What if you only like to buy blood diamonds? Well, I am sorry that... that I'm contributing. Work. Okay, I just want to make sure. It seemed murky to me. Well, had a red tinge. Yeah, true. Okay. But we've got to come to that understanding. In order to know who we are, we've got to know who created us. God decided in, in the six days that he created the earth, what he'd done on the sixth day was very good. When he created man, he created man in his image. So we spend all our time creating statues and... Um, for Wall Street, the bull, yeah, the bear. These markets are so critical. They're so important. And then, well, later on we'll discuss politics. Yeah. And who's the main main runners for politics? An ass, and which is not politically incorrect. An ass is a little mule or a donkey. For those that think I have cursed. And an elephant. And not really sure where the libertarians fall, but they're in there somewhere. Por Por oh, you're a porcupine. Oh, okay. All right. Well, now I learned something. See? Yeah. See? We learn from the word, and then we learn that the, the libertarian is a porcupine. Well, and if they're conservative uh, libertarian, then they're porcupelephant. Porcupelephant. I like yeah. it. I like it. It's a porcupelephant. Porcupelephant. That's yeah. what my that's what my logo is. It's a porcupelephant. So, yeah. so so you've got spikes on the end and tusks on the front. Gotcha. Okay. It's, yeah. Alrighty. Defensive. So the great thing is, is because we do have this option, we've got to see ourselves the way he sees ourselves. And so oftentimes you go through and you say, Who am I? Now, how many of you had some life altering change? within the last two years. Has everyone had something take place between 2020 and 2021 entering into 2022? I had a, I had a big instance here recently. Um, I mean, it was, a, it was a health concern. If we want to dive into that a little bit. I mean, I, I released the video um, this past Sunday, but uh, um, it was the Monday prior to that. I uh, I woke up from a nap and was, I mean, I, I thought I was gonna, I, I thought I was dying. I mean, I, I didn't I have no other explanation for it. I felt like I was being hit by waves of bass and and my I, I just I was losing consciousness and I could hear Laura, my wife, uh, calling nine one one, saying my lips were turning blue and I couldn't respond. And I thought I'm 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 on my way to the Lord. I, that's where I, that's where I thought that's what I thought was happening and. I came to just long enough for her to um, to tell her to bring me a cold washcloth, and it, it, thank the Lord. He, I guess, he had more missions for me, and he uh, snapped snapped me back, and he he sent he sent my good wife to to take care of me. He, she was scared as could be, but you know, yeah, 
Decided I'm here. he needed a couple more shows to go on. Yeah, well, just a, at least a few more episodes before he takes me home. And see, that's why I stay lost. The longer I stay lost, the more you guys stay in. <laughs> but, but sooner or later, your your lost is going to end. <laughs> for for this, now, this is this is the reality. <laughs> for now, I'm alive, and so are you. <laughs> yes, I'm alive, and I'm loving it. But we're not guaranteed a tomorrow. That's why it is critical and. There's been a few movies that identified uh, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but what is today? A present. It is your gift. What you do with today determines what your tomorrow could look like. And the thing is, is if you run that notion, it's like, well, I've got another day. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Sooner or later, you run out of tomorrows. You're only left with the present. And, um, well, this morning, someone lost their life in an automobile accident at 42nd Post, or near that intersection of 42nd and Post. I'm sure it wasn't on their mind that I'm dying today. Um, were they saved? I don't know. Were they lost? I don't know. What was their condition? I don't know. But in the end, all their time, all their tomorrows, all their todays done, ended in the, in the action of one individual. So their tomorrow, their today was taken today by someone else. So that's why you can't live, I've got a tomorrow. At some point, you've got to say, if I want to guarantee that the tomorrow, the tomorrow I have to be the, to the, the tomorrow I want it to be, I've got to make a decision in my life. At some point, you've got to come to the realization. Do you believe that there's a heaven and a hell? No, you're asking me. I thought you were saying oh, yes. I come to the no, realization. No, no. no. You well, you've I mean, come to the realization. at this point, at this point, yeah. now, now it's a realization. So, if there is a heaven and a hell, and I'll just let you know in advance, the memo has been sent out. The party has been canceled for in hell because of fire and brimstone and eternal damnation and gnashing of teeth. Now, um, you're not going to hang down there and have beers with your buds. That's out the window. The old devil would love for you to believe that that is what's going to take place in hell. Just, war just warm paps. It's just <laughs> warm paps. <laughs> you know, a good warm English L. Or Irish ale, you know, yeah, no, it or or I guess, I guess German Germans run a more of a warm beer. I am not an expert, nor do I claim to be an expert. But this is this is where we're at. You've got to make that decision. If you are one hundred percent positive that life will be perfectly fine without knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's on you. It's not on me. All I can do is say, listen, Jesus loves you. Loves you, loves Josh, loves Sterling over there, you know. Loves those that'll be there on the camera watching. Even Sterling. Even Sterling. Producer Sterling. Pretty perfect yeah. producer. Yes. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hey, if Biden and Pelosi want to clean up their mess, I know there's a Christian out there that's going to be like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Now, let's, got, let's not get too radical. No, listen. <laughs> Heaven is for whoever. The gospel is a whosoever will. John 3.16 says that, For God so loved the world that whosoever, 
my favorite word, whosoever. It is so powerful, they needed three words to get, a, get the message across. Whosoever. Put it together. It's anyone. You know, it's not just, if there is a, someone in the Taliban that decides, I love Jesus, he can go to heaven. Um, probably going to shock a few people when someone gets up there that's been, um, I mean, think about it, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. If Jeffrey Dahmer got saved in jail, I'm sure there's going to be a few people that are shocked. <laughs> so that's that's where that's at. And I, I know that's kind of, ex now we've got, now let me, as a fisherman, let me reel this back in and get it back into a, a, a point. I wasn't trying to derail your train there, sorry. No, 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 no. But it, <laughs> it, it's, this is the reality. Anyone can get in, and I'd love to see that everyone gets in. There is a book of the Bible that is coming up that, that if you're watching um, a word from the word, you I have been going through the book of Joel, which the nation of Israel, in fact, actually Judah, went through a terrible, very terrible time of uh, famine in the land because of locusts. And it has been kind of tossed around that there was a little more to it, that even there was fire that was involved. Some say that it was um, other countries that came in and destroyed the land. I'm not going to get dogmatic and argue with anyone over that. However you interpret it, glory be to you. I'll hear what you have to say. But if you will listen to those messages and you, you'll see that what God has planned, there's times we mess up and we get punished for those mess ups. God wants us right with him, right here, right down the center. Everyone wants to live life on the left or on the right. That's where politics are right now. You're either way out here or way over here. And the problem with the left right now is you've got some that are right here, close to the middle, not quite in the middle, but close, that are messing everything up for them. So that's where they're at. It's like, so if you're over here, you're wrong. If you're over here, you're still wrong. God wants you right here, right here looking straight at him. He loves you that much that he's just saying, I want you to be part of my family. I want you to be my son. The life you've had with your family, I want to show you what it should have looked like to where you can exhibit what I will show you to your children, and they can show their children. Now, that's on the notion, and I've, I know I've said we're not guaranteed a tomorrow. But you still have to give that example that there could be a tomorrow. It may not be a tomorrow for you, but for your daughter, there may, may very well be a tomorrow that she will have. And if she sees that there is a love that exemplifies the love that she desires in her heart, and it's if it lines up with the word, my goodness, you've got your greatest victory of all. That's why... It's difficult at times to just wonder why people don't get it. They, they, man has muddied it up in how we speak rather than letting the word speak. The word, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Now, the United States is listed as a blessed nation. 
strictly because of how we have run this country. Um, now, granted, right now we just seem like a bunch of spoiled teenagers, but we're still blessed, and so is the nation of Israel, even though they don't seem as though they're that much of a nation. We're chosen that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He loves us so much that he will, everything that we've done wrong, when we say, Lord, forgive me for being a sinner, all the stuff that we've done in our past that someone can go through and say, I remember when you've done this. I was like, that's fine. You want to remember, that's fine. Jesus Christ said, I don't need to remember it anymore. That's the beautiful thing. When we're trying to figure out who we are, and if we'd get in here into this book, we'll find out someone loves us so much that we're like, man, I can't believe someone loves me this much. Unconditional love. Why can't I love myself the same way? 2020, good golly. Um, absolutely, as far as a lot of people will believe, the worst year. And then, absolutely. We, and then you know, we got to December... 2021, we're going to turn the corner. 2021 will be the year of America. And then we got through 2021, and... Ugh. Yeah, now we're going on in, in the year three of 15 days to slow the spread. Exactly. So. Sounds like propaganda to me. Okay. <laughs> so, with that stated, when we see ourselves the way God sees us, we see that there's more to us than what we see in ourselves. And when you've got years like 2020, 2021, and now going into 2022, you've got people that are, well, some that have been fired from jobs because they won't take the jab. The appropriate government-funded shots that are free to anyone that will take it. We kind of get... So tossed up in everything that's going around us, we don't even look at what's going on. The politicians want you believing one way. God says, I am the way. Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the great thing is, he lived, he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. He was the perfect sacrifice. He went to the cross rose again the third day, seen of hundreds of people, and then ascended, all to return for his bride, and then would return and his feet once they touched the ground. Oh, mom, you want to see a wild day, watch his feet hit the ground. 100% glory-bound Jesus touching this earth. A mountain that he will land upon will split in two. This is what the scripture says. So the hell that we seem to feel like we see here is like, how can a loving God let this take place? We're the ones that messed up in the first place. We've done that. We've done that in the garden. We've been getting it wrong the entire time. We couldn't manage to let the teacher start teaching us anything at the beginning. We listened to the bad kid in the corner. Join the gang. It's cool. Smoke this cigarette. It's cool. Here's a doobie. Take a hit. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. Exactly. It, well, you know, um, talking about coming to the Lord, because this, you know, 
who am I? Finding my salvation. I mean, for me, I, that was I seven years old, and uh, we probably can go into that story in a minute. But I, I feel like the forefront of of a salvation story, the one that's been most recent um, in my life, is actually this man sitting next to me, Louis Rodriguez. We were in my living room. You want to you want to talk about it a little bit, Louis? What you went through to in, in, in finding the Lord? Well, I talked about what happened to me to Josh and what I've been through, and um, he listened and told me that God is there for me, and um, I've been through a lot, and it's kind of hard to say and talk about it because I've been through so many stuff in my life, done a lot of bad things, done some, and also did a lot of good things. And, um, but God always been there for me. He never gave up on me. He always tried to direct me in the right way, even though I went the wrong way. And um, I was glad to tell Josh what I was going through, he listened and we prayed and he took all that off of me and made me feel a little more lighter about myself. And I hope that it continues. He accepted me as his family and I accepted him as my family. And um, that's mostly what really happened that day. I hope it continues and never ends. Absolutely. We're, we're going to see each other on the other side for sure. Um, and and th that was one of the most powerful days of my life because I, I've, I've been there for a lot of people accepting Christ into their heart. But um, that day, much like right now, actually, <laughs> I, I, I felt um, um, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit moving on me. Um, and I, and I, I could, I could feel along with Louis that, that weight, he was talking about that weight, that weight of burden of, of, of things that have, that had been holding him back for so long from accepting the free gift of, of Christ into his heart and, and taking away those, those sins and taking away that thought that I, I'm not worthy, that I, that I'm, who am I? I'm not worthy. I'm not, I'm not, I can't make it to heaven. But he said, you know, uh, that Jesus said he's, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, but uh, no one comes to the Father but through me. And that day, Louis came to the Father through Christ. And, yeah, I, I, I could physically feel the weight leave Amen. away. And, and, and it was, yeah, it was one of the most powerful experiences in my life. I, I'll never forget it. And I'm, I'm glad that I got to experience it with my good friend Louis. I thank you for that, and right now I feel like... To God be the glory, for sure. God is coming into me right now, and I feel like I'm being hit with something right now, and it's like electricity. I don't know what it is. But that's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's just moving. You're, Absolutely. You're, you're getting a... So that's one of the good things about a present that God gives you. He gives you... He will give in there's moments in your life that you'll, you'll come across that just... Um, when you're reliving a moment, especially one with him, 
that he just he just was like that was powerful. That was just beautiful. And it's almost as if he just puts his arms around you, just gives you a hug, and he says, I love you. And he's just saying, that's what he's saying. He's just, I love you, and I just love that moment. I love that you've done that. I love that you surrendered to me. And that's that's just how beautiful God is. I mean, it. I still just got to come back. It's like, why can't more people just get the concept? And I understand man has muddied the water uh, man will go through and try to dispute the book. Well, man wrote the book. Well, they've been trying for like 2,000 years to get rid of this book. Still a bestseller, number still, one. Still a bestseller. Um, not every hotel can you find it in, but a vast majority of them you still can. For it being a fairy tale book, they have a hard time disputing it, literally, because when they go through and look at the events, from um, other time tablets from different uh, different countries, there's stuff that line up with the Bible. So when you go through and say, well, man wrote the Bible, okay, well, according to Greece, this is what this is, and here's here, 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 and they can reference all of this. The Koran references the uh, death of Christ. All these other worldly documents identify aspects of scripture and all a christian is trying to say to anyone that doesn't is jesus loves you and he's loved you since you was little he's just asking you to love him back and when we all do that we find that there is a victory for us since we're on this i mean i know for me um i grew up in church when did i make that final real submission, um, I believe I really took the steps. You know, you just kind of, as when you're growing up at church, you just kind of, you're, you're playing church. Going you're, through the motions. Or, or doing church. The routine. It, it's not a the true commitment. So about age 12 going on 13, I'd made a real commitment. Now, was it a 100% commitment in comparison to where I'm at now? No. But it was a major commitment at that time, and I knew it was. Um, now, did I continue to walk that way? No, because there were things I were lo was looking for because I didn't know how to love me. God loved me, and I knew he loved me, but he was trying to teach me how to love me so I could love him the way he loves me. And that's what the message is all about, is learning how to love yourself. So oftentimes we just kind of get in those times where it just seems the greatest struggle. We just put our hands over our head and just say, who am I? What am I doing? And why has life got to be like this? And that's what this message was about, was kind of having those moments. And the way the last couple of years have been, I, I just kind of feel like so many people have had that moment. Um, there are those, as we said, had lost their jobs. and we They've had a whole the, lot of time to themselves, too, to, lot to of, really yeah. reflect. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you're sitting at home with the kids, online learning, when you're not supposed to be watching the online learning, for whatever reason that is, and uh, and going on from there. It didn't take very many people to get the word out of school. But the one place they'll guarantee that a person can see what is inside the Bible is in a jail cell. What we need to do is put it back in the schoolhouse 
It can be in the jailhouse, but it needs to be in the schoolhouse and it needs to be in families. Why are families struggling? And that's because they don't have the full family unit. Does that mean that uh, a person that only has one parent is is worse off than someone that has two parents? No. God still loves that person just the same. They just need to know how to love themselves and understand that he loves them also. And whatever struggle they are going through, he's willing to be there for you and to lift you up. So I got saved about the age of 13, but being a teenager, uh, hormones probably speak a little louder. And uh, so... Biology certainly takes a role in you kind of steering. You kind of take that typical teenager um, notion. Mom was saved. Dad wasn't. Dad still isn't. So that's always been a a prayer that he would get saved. But um, hopefully, he watches this show and then he can see how he can do it. Exactly. Well, it's not for a (laughs) lack of people telling him, and it's it's kind of been more my prayers. Like uh, Lord, place someone in his life that will give him that can explain it to him to where he gets it. Because hearing it from me, um, Josh, uh, my mom, or even some of his grandkids, it just doesn't seem to affect him. And and it should. It should be something that's powerful. Um, for that kind of love, Christ died for each and every one of us. No greater love has a man than if he'll lay his life down for another. So for those that go through and say, you know, Soldiers, first responders, um, they're just, you know, they're whatever, and we need to defund police and stuff. It's like, put yourself in that person's shoes. That job's already scary enough. And then you want to act as though who you are is why they're mean to you? No. They want to go home also at the end of shift. When they clock out, they want to go home. They don't want to go home with extra drama on them. And... The last thing they want to do is to have to pull out their gun and do anything. But on that, I made it through, got through high school, literally. I I graduated midterm, so I technically graduated in December, but I didn't have to walk till May. And I'm standing by my locker. That's what they told us to do. It's like, hey, um, once we escort you out, you head for your locker. Your parents will kind of... They'll leave the auditorium, and they can find you at your locker, and your family and friends can greet you there. And cousins, cousin Jason was like the first one to kind of come there. It's like, oh, you graduated, you know. So what's what are you going to do tomorrow? You know, what's the future hold? And literally at that moment, it was just like someone just just totally sucker punched me, and I'm like, I'm out of school, and it's for real. And I've been out of school since December. So I graduated. But now the, the reality had, yeah, had taken reality. hold. So, you know, I'd already found a job doing what I was going to do, um, at least at that moment. Uh, the The bigger picture that was in my head didn't exist yet, um, or at least it hadn't come to my fruition. And so then here I am out of school and start working down at Thunder Island great water park and theme park that was in Westfield, Indiana. Um, too bad it's gone. But yeah, so, I, I remember when I was smaller, yeah. getting to go. So not everyone got good, to enjoy that. <laughs> um, but with that stated, um, 
alcohol was pretty easily to get. Yeah. And especially if you look older than you really are. And uh, so run into alcohol and finish into 89 or enter into 89, living in Indy, working at the airport and meet a woman that is divorced with two kids. And I find out from my roommates, like, she is in love with you. I'm like, really? Me? She's pretty. What's she going to do with me? Of course, I mean, you know, I'm still a young man. I had other thoughts in my brain of what could all be done, but that wasn't, she was looking for a husband, a father, a friend, a lover. She was looking for everything that she did not have. Everything that a man should be. Exactly. And kind of coming to the realization, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to make this commitment. So now I'm at the spot. It's like, okay, I can't be the person that I am. And now did I, did I get everything right? No, not even remotely close. But kept the boys in school, kept them in church to the best of our abilities. Wasn't always easy. Sometimes they have a tendency to run off on bicycles, go places that they shouldn't. <laughs> a story for a previous episode that we all thought was funny. But in the end, I had to go through some stuff to even get to, I got to working at a place and to me, I felt like, like, all right, you guys really owe me more than what you're, you know, you need to be showing me more love than what you're showing me now because I'm doing it all. I can do the marketing, the telemarketing. I could sell the windows. I could build the windows. I could deliver the windows. I could install and service. I, I could do it all. He does Eight windows. Two, I yeah. do windows. Um not as much anymore, but I still can do windows. Um, but through all of that, I was still lacking in loving me to where Josh and James and Kim needed to be loved by me. I was still learning. And God was working. Found my way into another place. Got to be an A to Z man with them. And started having some pretty bad headaches. And Kim just kind of was like, got to get him out of here, Lord. Got to get him out. He's just not the same man anymore. And uh, I didn't necessarily see it. I was trying to succeed. I knew if I could get to point A, that B, C, D, E would be right following right in line. And it doesn't work that way. Life does not work that way. So fast forward a few more years. Um Total life change, joined the union, and uh, well, it's been a good portion of 2021 on layoff, and uh, here we are in 2022, pretty much in the same boat, with a couple uh, teaching prospect coming up and uh, a position in Anderson. So, to say the least, in all of this, God was still there; He was still working on me. 2020 where there were times I would go to church but I wasn't in church the way I should 
So I ended up on the recording side and the editing side, right along with what Sterling is doing now and Josh and the laughing libertarian. Who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> He's a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> and so, to say the least, I had to double down on how many times I heard a message. So we got to where we was... Uh, the pastor was recording a verse for a verse of the day, and uh, I'm like, "Well, you know, hey, kind of missed the Sunday school teacher and the Wednesday night." I said, "Let's uh, we ought to think about bringing them back on." He's like, "All right, well, ask him to see it." So then, then I'm in the church on either a Tuesday, Monday, or a Tuesday, recording two episodes with each of them. So then I've got to edit that through and add in Bible verses and trim some fat where needed to trim fat. You know, those moments where you get that awkward silence. Yeah, we've had a few of those. Yes. So, so, so <laughs> uh, you, hit the, you so, hit the click button, separate the film, and shorten it down and say, yeah, he doesn't look like he's bouncing too much in that, so I think that looks natural. You get you take this long road of going from being a, a teenager, the what's, what's the road ahead of me, and then you start to approach being a man and then trying to figure all that out. And then <laughs> try learning to be a man when you're still a boy raising two kids and one of them's in kindergarten. Yeah. And yeah, I, I admit that I was a pretty big challenge. Um, <laughs> you and, both were. <laughs> but, um, you know, for, for me, I think, um, uh, well, yeah, certainly I found the Lord at a young age, but, seven years old, but same thing. Like, I mean, we, we're human, we, we're, we're broken and <clears throat> we make these decisions that aren't always, uh, savory with the Lord. Um, but he, for, he forgives us for him, uh, because I'm getting a look. You said savory. I was thinking, what if they're sweet? Yeah. What if they're salty? Yeah. Still, still, still a good savor. That makes sense, though. Sweet, salty, salty, middle of the road. There you go. Savory. Bringing it home. So, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, we, we went well over in, in, in faith portion, but I think, I think it was needed. I think it worked right into a family time to a pretty good uh, distance there. I'm getting a <laughs> nod from our producer. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, huge we're, nod. We're, yeah, huge nod. Huge so. <laughs> nod. We, 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 we went well over, but, uh, you know, um, telling stories about, Growing up, um, you know, grew up in a in a neighborhood that wasn't Alan will know. I mean, he was he was there with uh, with me when we were smaller. That it wasn't uh, wasn't the greatest neighborhoods. Never seen this guy in my life. <laughs> they always yeah. identified it, was, it as the hood. I it was a really transitional neighborhood, close transitional to downtown. Yeah. yeah, wasn't wasn't horrible. Wasn't the suburbs? It, no, definitely wasn't the suburbs. But uh, we could definitely go outside and play and not worry about anything. Mostly, except Gary. <laughs> hey, listen, your your mom's your mom's probably. I don't know about your mom. I know Kim was constantly worried if the boys weren't home at a specific time. It was like we got to go find them. Where are they at? Something could be going wrong. But and there was and many times where mind, where we were with the tracks that were behind the house, there was usually shady people. So I mean, there was there was justification. That's fair. That is fair. Well, yeah, there were many times where we were we were just out searching for James because he was out on his bicycle in the middle of the night. <laughs> we uh, find usually him. he'd be down at one of his friends. We just wasn't sure which one. So you, you started at Keystone and then or uh, Rule, 
and worked your way over to LaSalle. <laughs> <laughs> Is James here? No, he's over with here. No, he's over here. No, he's over here. I was relatively easy to find because I was usually, well, I'm smaller. I was hanging out with either Alan or Daniel. And then, you know, in high school, it was either Wesley or Larry. So, Or yeah. laying in front of a van. <laughs> he's funny. Yes. He's got yeah. the good jokes. He's the laughing libertarian. Yes, that's right. Well, what you got over there, Louie? Yeah. Well, I wanted, what I wanted to talk about is when I first came here to the United States, I was seven years old. They threw me in Catholic school. I had a hard time in school because I didn't know how to read and write, and I was way behind all the kids. And I was a nervous kid. Yeah. And um, they used to put us down in the where there used to be a bowling alley in the Catholic school. Yeah. Take the kids down there to play around and all that. And um, the first time I saw the devil all the way in the back, nobody else saw it, but I saw it. It was ugly. It had wings. And I thought the devil was chasing me. Always. Then I had the nun, because I was nervous. She took the ruler, broke my finger. And um, then she was telling my mother that um, when my mother went over there to argue, that I was a nervous kid, I don't belong there. So they got rid of me and sent me to a retard school, which I didn't even belong there. Yeah. And I didn't see myself belong there. But they saw that I was doing good and this and that, and they put me in junior high school when it was time. I had a lot, I had trouble there too, because I was, since I didn't, so behind. Yeah. They said it, I was slow. And um, then um, they sent me to high school. I went there. Saw the devil again, and um, always dreamed of seeing the devil. Always chasing me, and like you, I lived in a bad neighborhood in the Bronx. Yeah. If you know how the Bronx is, it's pretty bad. Gangs all over, drugs all over. So I used to go to school run home every day because the gangs were always chasing me. One day they caught me, they beat me up, and so they forced me to join the gang. So I joined the gang, I started doing things. I did a lot of bad things growing up. I joined the Black Panthers. I joined the Muslims. But none of them really was for me, so I got away from it. Then. I started selling drugs. And um, started doing bad things. Hurt a lot of people. And um, joined the gangs and all that. And they shot us, they, we shot at them. And, you know, things were going bad. Then my mother and us, we got thrown out in the streets. Because my mother lived alone, you know, I never had a father. He left us when we was young. And um, 
we've been thrown out in the streets, and I was embarrassed. And I thought God didn't love me, didn't care for me. And um, then after that, that's when I started selling more drugs and doing a lot of more bad things. But God always looked at me, looked out for me in some way that he would usually get me out of trouble. Yeah, what he will do. But then there were days that he would teach me that that's not the way to do these things, and he would get me in trouble. Yeah. And I've been to jail, and I guess that was a lesson. Yeah. But then God got me out of there, even though the bad things I really you know, did. I, a lot of my friends got killed in the gangs and all that. And um, that's when I decided to move from New York and get away from all that. Came to Indianapolis, came to Job Corps, and learned. I had a lot of kids. I was bad. I treated my wife bad. That's why I lost her, because she was a good woman. And um, my kids went up back over here. I came over here to try to do good for them, but they never show me no love, they didn't care for me. But then I met Josh, he's a good friend. He treated me good, like family. And- um, Cause you're my brother. Thank you. And I see you as the same, as my brother. And I look at all of you as my family. And um, he made me realize that God is out there and he loves me. And um, that's when I, Decided to pray and got all that weight off my back. Yeah. And I still pray to God, and I was now I believe in Him the most since I talked to Josh. And I know He loves me. He has done a lot for me in my life. I could have been dead, but um, I survived everything, even through all the problems I went through and I'm glad now that things are going good for me but I wish God would bring my kids to me and let them bond with me and forgive me for all the bad things I did. We'll certainly pray for it because I, I, I think you know you're, you're asked if you're since you're asking God for it you know, asking you shall receive. I think at some point, um, God will bring them back to you. He really will. I, I, I truly believe that. And the, talking about the, the weight going away. Um, I can, I can say this, Louis, um, after that day, because they, they always talk about people accepting the Lord and then they become different, but I've watched this change in you. And I don't know if you noticed it yourself, but you've become a um, happier guy. I've, I've seen it. You smile a whole lot more than you used to. Um, not uh, nearly as uh, cynical as you used to be. Well, I, back then I didn't trust people. I didn't yeah. believe in people. People were always backstabbing me. But that's that's why the Lord put you through all that hard road because now you're, you're, you're right here, right now. You're on a camera that's recording. It's going to go onto the internet forever, and people are going to see what you've been through, and they're going to know that 
they can also find the love of the Lord. All of that. You, you're teaching a lesson right now. That's what you went through, all that. You were chosen. Exactly. We all are. He chose you before you ever even were born. And here you are, and you're teaching lessons. You know? You're putting it out there. You're putting your heart on the line, and, and, and Christ loves you. That's for sure. I'm shaking right now. <laughs> well, everything everything has to grow before it can seed, right? Yes. And he's he's shown that growth, and by sharing his story, he's going to help seed somebody else's in that position, and that's uh, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing, man. Yeah. Hopefully, he's planting a mustard seed or chair. We hope so. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk. <laughs> yes. After, after all of that, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I mean, you can talk about. Childhood, or I mean, you know, where do I start? It was a cold evening. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, this is rather serious. Um, it's okay to tell a funny story. We need to, we're, right? We're, no, I, I really don't have a, a you know, really funny story, but I mean, you know, just I didn't have wonderful childhood, wasn't horrible, wasn't wonderful. I mean, my parents were were split up and they divorced when I was really young, which wasn't as bad as I, as I, as I got older and I saw other people whose parents divorced later in life, later in their life, it was way rougher on them. Right? Like for me, they divorced before I was two. So I essentially had two Christmases. I had two birthdays. It wasn't that horrible. Yeah. Um, neither of my parents were, you know, both of them are disabled. So of course there wasn't a whole lot extra ever. And I don't look at any of my childhood as a crutch. I mean, I look at it like, whereas my parents couldn't buy me school clothes, my dad taught me how to do drywall and painting and plumbing and electrical work. And I hated it, absolutely hated it. But at 12, 13, and 14 years old, unfortunately, my friends would be having fun. <laughs> and I would be in a, in a hot, nasty apartment cleaning up the people who just left and painting it. But I bought my clothes. Too loud, Sterling. You're gonna bring it down a notch. Is it my hair again? It's my <laughs> knew it was my hair again. Um, but no, I learned a lot of good skills, and uh, I think it gave me a solid foundation on the value of my labor and things like that. But later on, when I I moved away from the city, my mom actually we had a drive by route at our house. We moved from the east side to the west side. Things were way different. You know, I was very comfortable on this side of town. Over there, I definitely didn't look like anybody else, and uh, it was it, it was telling. And that's okay. Kids are kids. I mean, it's what it is. It doesn't matter, you know, race, color, creed, class. It doesn't matter. Kids are going to be kids no matter what. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And um, and I just happened to be the one who looked different than everybody else. It's fine. And I remember one day getting jumped on the way back. I was just I was a kid. I was. 12 years old, getting off the bus stop. I had to walk past all the high school kids who were walking from the high, from Northwest High School. And I went by and a couple of high school kids jumped me. And then I got away from them, got to my apartment. And as we were looking out the door, I got inside. My mom's looking out the door with me. A car pulls up across the street, just fires a bunch of rounds into, the, into an adjacent apartment. I watch a guy collapse, fall through the glass. And that was, that was the last week we lived in Indianapolis. We moved out, way out into the country, which was culture shock for me. I was 
born and raised in this city close to downtown. You know, I was I was used to a lot of diversity. I was used to and sorry, that's a that's a buzzword. Yeah. But uh I was used to a, a certain type of lifestyle. I was used to I was used to concrete, I was used to street lights. I was used to going right down the street to get gas. Not bustle. It. Yeah, yeah, not planning. Hey, we got ten miles to go to go get gas. We gotta get groceries while we're there. That's that's insane. Um but out there I didn't have as many opportunities either. Here I could I could go do drywall, electricity, you know, anything I needed to do to make money. Out there, drugs were plentiful. You know, I can get drugs, I can sell drugs. Wasn't gonna do them. I just wanted to make money. I wanted to buy school clothes. And the saddest part of it is now as an adult looking back at it, is that I didn't want to use my free lunch card. I had free lunch. My parents were on welfare and food stamps. And I hated how that made me feel. I hated the looks I got. I felt like I was so much lower than everybody else. But if I could go sell some drugs and make my money and buy my lunch, then no one was going to look down on me. And that's, you know, it's so strange to look at that. I, I never worried about getting, become a drug addict or anything like that. It was about making money. I had to make money. I had to buy clothes and things like that. And so, you know, I'm very thankful when I look back. And uh, maybe I haven't had my awakening yet. Anything like that. It's nothing that I'm, I'm against, I'm not anti, I love everything. And actually, I tell everybody, Friday night's my church. So, and that's not a, oh, Friday night's my church. It's, I love sitting here. And I love talking with you. And I love listening to you, you know, give us the word here, deliver that word. Sure, uh, just, just like when Bo was here, and my goodness, I already told Don, you know, there's no way on earth I could, I think I could sit here. I could probably sit here for six hours listening to you, Don, you and Don talk, talk about that book right there. And I would enjoy every bit of it. Good. I'm um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I can't, I can't say I'm not, you know, I could have went a lot of wrong paths, but we're here and I don't typically like to think about that part of my life. And I like to think about where we're going next. Right. Yeah. So, um, go team, go team. Go team. Absolutely. We're yeah, here, we're in absolutely. it. And I'm just, I'm happy we're doing this every single waking hour we have, but I'm happy. I'm happy we're doing it. Thank so. God. Anyway, I can talk forever as most people know, yeah. but but I think it's safe to say that we can move right on into the politics portion. Absolutely. I think that's fair. Yeah. So first oh. up this week. Now now that we've we've tugged at the little stretch we've of the, the arms. Word, we've tugged at the heartstring <laughs> and brought into the reality that we are all very much superhumans um in a, in in specific ways. Let's get to the topics at hand. So this week, uh BP Harris, Vice President Harris, <clears throat> she's probably President Harris, um, new comms director said... That's <laughs> who you asked. That's the big guy. She's President Harris. <laughs> That's right. Uh, her, her, her new comms director said that George W. Bush stole the election from Gore and was illegitimate. Um, it, it, it's really hard to uh, even think back that far. I remember... Gore making that, you know, he invented the internet, so, huh? Was she born then? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she, she was, she was, she was listening to Pac and Biggie back in those days, so, um, while she was in college and smoking marijuana, um, no, uh, oh, she wasn't hiding evidence then? (laughs) We didn't sell her any of that. Okay. So, uh, Jamal Simmons, a longtime Democratic operative and political analyst, was, uh, announced last week, uh, as the replacement for Ashley Etienne, I hope I'm saying that right, um, who left vice president's, uh, the vice president's office last month along with other staffers. 
uh, between 2012 and 2021. Simmons tweeted multiple times. This is from Fox News, by the way, um, multiple times uh, about how he believes Bush stole the election from Gore in 2000. Uh, Simmons uh, had repeated uh, he put up tweets. Um, uh, he he mentions someone here. I, I can't pronounce that name. Uh, I worked for Gore to, uh, 2000 and believe uh, W's first term to have been illegitimate. Yet when in the room with him, I stood and uh, and gave him respect, um, which I probably didn't. <clears throat> I'm just giving conjecture here. Um, and then he also said, I worked for Gore, thought W was illegitimate, still stood for him in respect for the office. Members of Congress should go to inauguration. So <clears throat> what he's pushing for here is um, current members of Congress to, to recognize Biden as president, even though um, Biden can't even get out a full sentence without stumbling over the Sherman Amendment pressure. And um, <laughs> what, what do we get? What do we think about this? Uh, this, this comms director going all the way back to, 2000 elections and saying that George W. Bush didn't win because of some hanging chads. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it, well, just for the record, they went back and they did confirm and try to decipher between both parties. Yay. Nay. Now to me, that is the democracy that we desire as a country. Yeah, they double count this half-hearted stuff that they're trying to push now. Yeah, they hand counted back then. These, this, um, so we're we can't even get a recount was, now. Was every yeah? Was <laughs> hand every count, hand count back then? Was there's there was just so few so few people they just raised their hand. That was it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so were some of those kind of maybe bad decisions? Could have been. But that's in the past. We have to decipher what is the best thing for the country. And, and it, it is time for for people like this, they, they realistically, they need to stay off Twitter. It, it seems kind of interesting that the Dixie Chicks got ousted from country music for what they said about Bush when they was across the pond. But yet now anyone can identify how racist and homophobic, xenophobic, xenophobic, um, whatever a phobic you have or they have or they think they have or that you they think you have. We This is what we're saying, and it's going out across the airs. We need to stand united. The, the ass and the don't, uh, the ass and the elephant need to start acting like Americans. No hyphen in the front. We need to just understand American, America. We've got people that are crossing the border for truth and the American dream. That's a whole other story there, but um, you know, but with it, it's this, just, the the, yeah. the reform is just it, a joke. So <laughs> it's just it's 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 awful. Um, let's say uh, low to me that he goes he's going through and reaching back that far for. Uh, for elect for, to claim election frauds and 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 to try to compare not, that to current and saying oh well, this was more secure we were using electronic machines so, you know the so, computers only do what they're programmed to do and so he goes back to feed, that one rather than <laughs> hitting up Hillary Clinton against Donald Trump 
Yeah, what you would have thought he would have attacked for sure. So, so if you was going to say, based upon current standards, you go to that one and you bring evidence to show that there was a joke made there. And so with that stated, what is everyone else's thoughts on that one? <laughs> About those computers, ain't that um, owned by Harris's husband? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look that up. Um, to find out where what who who owns Dominion, I think it's a Canadian company. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I, I think I read that he was the one that put them out there. I don't know. I, I, don't I know could either. be wrong, but I see Biden trying to get votes and everything that he could get by using black people behind him, college kids that been brainwashed by teachers. And um, I don't think that's right. He shouldn't be using them. They they don't know yet what politics is really about until they really get into it as they grow up. Right now, they only know what they're being taught in school. Exactly. And it might not be the right thing. It might be the right thing. I don't know. But I feel that he shouldn't be using them. If he wants to have people behind him, have people that are older and knowledgeable backing them up. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we will skin in the game. Yeah. You know, people who should be making their decisions for themselves, not someone who's being told what their decision is going to be. Right. Yeah. They've, they've never li truly lived on their own. They, they, they're just now finding out what is, it is to maybe make their own bed for sure when they're in college. Uh, oh come on! But, They're not making their beds. <laughs> <laughs> they got the, they got the well, thirty-five seconds on a pack of ramen down though. Yeah, exactly. Um, I get it. They know they have a voice. At age eighteen, they are allowed to vote. An American citizen at age eighteen has that opportunity, and that is a beautiful thing. Uh, so, seeing that there is a young person that says this is important. I do like to see that. I do like to see those that have skin in the game because that's true. The thing I've got a problem with is just like this story, we're picking and choosing what the storyline is. Nothing, nothing is factual. They didn't even bring good evidence. Well, I think Louie brought up a good point talking about college students because I, watched, I recently watched a documentary on uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, one of my heroes. Um, I don't know if everybody else at this table could agree oh, with that, oh, but yeah. Fantastic. Quality dude. Wonderful man. Um, when he was in college or fresh out of college, um, he was in a Marxist group, believe it or not. And when he came back home to his grandfather, who was a man of faith, he couldn't believe what his grandson was telling him. You know, that, that, that living this, this Marxist lifestyle was the way to be. And, and uh, through his grandfather, he actually learned how to, how to think. I, I want to go back into that that uh, lesson. Yeah, not what to think, how to think, and he used that book to learn how to think, so that he can face those adversities in his life. And and then he started to actually look into things for himself and learn for himself. And then he became very conservative, and uh, he was pummeled for it. And he's been through a lot of slings and arrows. But I think that's another reason why he's been one of my heroes because watching him. I know that he's been through a lot more adversity than I ever have in my life. 
and to know all that stuff. And he's still going strong, being conservative and holding to those family values that how to think taught him. And he's applying them to his life. Absolutely. I've got to apply that to my life as well. <clears throat> uh, moving on um, in the next headline here, we got uh, from the daily wire, American airlines apologizes about pilot with a let's go Brandon sticker on. Okay. Now, you know, his, it was on his, one of his golly, bags. This is just absolutely uh, horrendous. We've got a NASCAR driver, Brandon Brown. So we've got someone we can root for. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon Brown, that is driving this year the L LBG coin car, number 22, I believe. So look for him. Let's go, Brandon. That's right. Let's go, Brandon. So... Um, American Airlines is apologizing. American Airlines is apologizing after a passenger sparked a firestorm over a pilot who had let, uh, who had a "Let's Go Brandon" sticker on his bag. It was just on his bag, his shoulder bag. We all have shoulder bags when we're when we're uh, going out of town. We have put somewhere put our clothes and things like that. And, um, and the pilot who whom the airline did not identify for good reason, I would believe, and fear him being doxxed, I'm, I'm certain, uh, is is now under investigation. Uh, Dana Finley Morrison, a, a Missouri-based fraternity and sorority worker, surprised there, college, being taught what to think, yeah. right, was flying from St. Lu- uh, Lucia to Miami on Saturday when she saw the sticker and posted on social posted it on social media. She directed her post to the airline and said, noting cowardly rhetoric on their crew luggage when they're in uniform. Now, <clears throat> uh, well, we are not the the only passengers who noticed uh, and, and were disgusted. Uh, disgusted. So. I, I don't understand how she could possibly be disgusted by a sticker. This is this is this man's political point of view. She doesn't have to agree. Uh, you know, I've seen it, it, plenty it of cars. It doesn't even have to be political. <laughs> it it is a catchphrase. They turned it political on the newscast when you could legitimately hear what was being said. So, guess what? Any Karen that wants to join this bandwagon with this woman, the joke <laughs> is on you. The rest of the world is laughing at you because you're that simple. I mean, I've seen plenty of cars being vandalized working downtown. There's Biden stickers as far as the eye can see. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, the, the the pilot uh, deserve uh, deserves a raise for dealing with the the uh, the entitled Karens. This is in the, this is in the Daily Wire story, by the way. Uh, while while doing his job. Uh, Tweeted Christina Pushaw. So thank you, Christina Pushaw, for actually um, uh, backing up this pilot. And I and I, and I think um, even Ron DeSantis said, uh, "Don't fire your pilots for being conservative or criticizing Biden. We wouldn't. We won't have any pilots left, as if thousands of uh, flight cancellations aren't enough already. At American Airlines, do the right thing. And yes, at American Airlines, if you are watching this right now, do the right thing. Let's go, Brandon and understand that you cannot just get rid of somebody because they had a sticker on their bag. Now, if it had a, had an obscenity on there, I can understand it. There's another version of Let's Go Brandon that's out there, and if he had had that on his bag, okay, yeah, I can see you firing him for that. But th- this might as well have been... But I will state... Th- this this, this pilot says that he's not even political. stands to be and, your First Amendment right. Um, now, his personal bag going on to the airline... Um, I am most certain individuals travel with some unsavory items in their packages that are. Maybe that's the unsavory word again. Um, it's been borrowed now. Yes, 
But could have been sweet. Yes. But it just was salty. <laughs> Nonetheless. <laughs> what do you think about it? Um, I'm you know, I'm, of course I'm a little closer to the to the middle of the spectrum when we talk about politics. And so my only concern with it, and this has been my concern about anything, you know, I have no I I love the freedom of speech. <laughs> Everyone knows I definitely get my money's worth. But when you're on the clock, I always people wearing Black Lives Matter masks on the clock. Uh, doesn't Let's bother me. Brandon thing. To me, it's like this, you are not yourself when you're at work. You are you are an you are projecting an image of that company. Okay, but now since you brought up BLM, did they not have several? I know I've seen it in Walmart employees mm -hmm. that way, Target employees that way. I have seen other companies where people have had that on. Now, to me, all life matters. The color of your skin doesn't matter. It didn't matter to God when he created us. So with that stated, why is one free and the other is not? And I am I'm actually, I'm actually so, in agreement so, so with there, you. Yeah. There's, so so I, I think... The, so just, just on bringing that up, just saying, it's like, if we're going to allow one, then you got to allow the other. So, and, and here's so where, where I'm at with that. Law, where is the line in the sand supposed to be? And you don't get to draw the line in the sand after you let what you want or what works well with your political situation. So uh, BLM was okay. We painted it on streets. We've painted it on buildings. We've put it on football done, fields. <laughs> put, put it on football fields. And all, all, all life matters. So... A, a, if you can't laugh at a joke and you can't laugh at yourself, then there's more wrong with the country than the simple phrase, let's go, Brandon. I was arguing with a guy on Facebook. He kept putting Black Life Matters, and I told him, well, Black Life Matters, what do you mean by that? Because mostly we're all white putting out Black Life Matters. Then I told him, all life matters. He tells me, I agree, but it's black life matter is just a slogan. slogan. So, so it's an organization. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part about that. So what I was saying is like, basically, we were in agreement there. Okay. But the biggest issue I have is, okay, well, yes, that was something that was pushed and that was something that was allowed. So... The belief of this being okay is basically, well, they got to do it, so we get to do it. I'm saying neither of it's okay. So, Correct. so Correct. I, I look and at it from a that, that's, that's why I said they should all be negated. It, it, and they, they drew the line in the sand after, rather than before. And I'm and on the other end of the spectrum, Alan. It so should I, have I think been that, drawn before, um, because the the problem is is we here in the last ten years. We have had a hatred of police officers. Mm -hmm. And the individual that was to bring change, the change that he brought was a hatred more for the police than ever before. Yeah, we can dive deeper into that for sure for another episode. Yes, what, what I'm saying here, with the, so, with, as far as freedom of speech goes, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Where it's like, even if I dislike someone's speech, mm -hmm. I think it should be allowed. Now, I mean, that's, I, I that's definitely an agreement. I, 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 I hate when I 
I mean, I don't know. How, I don't know any KKK members, but I would hate to hear the N word anywhere. But if someone says it, they're actually free to say it. And although it does offend me, there's nothing that I can do about it. And they are allowed to say it, unfortunately. And and there, there there's a lot of things that you can say that, that uh, I know I don't agree with, but you're allowed to say it. And and I will fight to the death, even if I don't agree, mm-hmm. even if I hate what you're saying. And that's a strong word. We've established that in the past. Even if I hate what you're saying, I'm gonna I will fight to the death for your ability to say it. And I agree with you there. It's just if if someone's gonna say that word, but they're wearing your company's logo on their shirt. That's the difference. That's a problem. That see, that's that's where I'm saying. But I, I am perfectly fine. Rock your let's go branded stuff, rock your BLM stuff. Say what you want to say, wear what you want to wear. But when you're on company time for anybody else, understand that you're representing that company. And I, like I said, if he's walking through the airport and he's out of uniform, absolutely rock your bag, man. Definitely rock your all your beliefs. This no one has the right to literally tread on you, right? That's right. that's what it's all about. But well, I, now, who's to say that's that his son or grandson couldn't have stuck that on his back? He didn't know it. Are we prospecting? Hey, listen. This is conjecture. This, this is, we must assume, we must look at all avenues to, to discern what is the truth. And that is the letter of law. You, you f- look at the facts and the evidence. Um, it is the letter of law is you're innocent until you're proven guilty. Unfortunately, today we live in a society that you're guilty. And even then, if, it's, if you're guilty well, on the no, social level... You're, you're, you're still guilty. Even once you're proven not guilty, you're still guilty to some level. Ask Kyle and, Rittenhouse. And that's yeah. exactly. So looking at that and looking at all this other stuff, we're, we're, we're taking a sticker and defining life for someone. So yeah. who am I has now come down to simply let's go Brandon sticker. For this it, man, it, it was, and, and it's, it's simply just that it's a sticker. I think it was it was on a bag, and yeah, maybe maybe he knew that he grabbed that bag that day. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't realize that sticker was on there. Maybe he did. Um, I and I, I from from what I'm understanding, the man is not political. Actually, um, he just thought it was funny, and you know, his bag. I guess it would be no difference than a for him. It would be no different than a smiley face. And we so they they immediately judged him without knowing him. Um, they immediately put him in a in a, a box and he decided was, he was guilty without the appropriate amount of res, rep, uh, representation. Representation. <laughs> but we all have to agree that we it, we go outside. We can go outside when we do that to ourselves. We actually do that to ourselves. I mean, we do that when we walk outside and we know we're representing. If I wear, I actually own one of those shirts. But if I go outside and I wear that, I have to think. Okay, when I go out, people see this. They're not gonna be like. I should get to know that guy and see what he really thinks about that. No. There's a preconceived notion. Yeah. And I'm wearing the shirt, and I know I'm wearing the shirt. It's not inside out. It's not on my back. It's right here on my chest. So when I walk out there, I I know, just just like when you walk out with a gun on your hip, right? You're wearing the gun on your hip because you know there's a, there's a potential, maybe a small potential, but there's a potential that something's going to happen, and you understand that there's there's something out there in the world. But when you wear things like that, you are putting yourself in a box, which is fine. You can do that. Absolutely. And who cares what they think? But there, you have to be able to own your own stuff at some point. And yes, they shouldn't sit here and say, this person's a racist because they wear a MAGA hat, yeah. right? Like, that's not it. But you don't understand. I, I, I think you, that without 
without any kind of warning, he should, definitely should not be fired for oh, it. No, I don't think that I, at all. I think it should be. So maybe the airline says, hey, please don't bring the sticker. In. That's it. That's it. That's and, and, I, and I think that he could just flip the bag around because he's being in a professional setting. And, and that's it's a simple and it's fact that they had to apologize. Yeah, I don't think that they, the airline should not have should have had, they, never had. They to had no business saying anything. No, they didn't have to do that. Not it's, at all. It's like, okay, he offended you. We're sorry. And uh, so, with that stated, I mean, it's like it's a slippery slope that never ends. It never yeah. ends. So, in the end, with with so many things, where do we draw the line? The sand, the line in the sand. At some point, you have to draw the line in the sand and say. You can't be a baby over this. You can't be a baby over this, and you can't be a baby over this. So if I have to accept this, you have to accept this. If I've got to accept this, you've got to accept this. And then we've got four things that we all have to accept. And if there's a fifth one, well, we both just get to accept it because that ha- that's how it is. There's a line that has to be drawn, and unfortunately for American Airlines, they opened the door for so I have to more, keep doing this for more baby crying. But here, it's time for people to put on their big boy britches or their big girl panties, however they need to put it, and go from there. I'm just going to put it out there for this, and I won't say anything else. This is not a de- this, I'm not debating this part. I think we can all agree here. Yeah. She still wrote on that plane. So <laughs> she wasn't that offended. No, yeah. no. It wasn't that she didn't yeah. trust him. I think that goes back to Michael Jordan saying, Republicans buy sneakers too. <laughs> right. That's exactly. Like, that's like me having a Trump flag. Up and people driving by. Oh, you're gonna get the Confederate flag next. Precisely. It has one has nothing to do with the other. Exactly. Yeah, things get convoluted. So, in our last and final story of the of the, of the evening, um, this is out. This is a local newspaper, Indianapolis Star. This was sent to me by by a good uh, friend, and he'll, uh, he'll know who it is. Uh, I won't say his name, but um, the Indiana House passed a bill this week, nixing handgun permits. Constitutional carry. The thing that scares me about that is then if the government continues to push their agenda, well, of then course where they go is, on. Where is our where's our protection? Well, of course they go on to because the because the New Star is a left leaning newspaper. They go on within the the headline, just comma after the permits, despite police opposition. Now, I don't know any police. Now maybe this is just anecdotal. And the House bill passed at a 64 to 29 vote. That means a lot of Democrats were on board with this too. Because we've got, we're, I think, um, and don't quote me here, I think we're at a, um, about a two-thirds House uh, Republican in our House and Senate. But that means there was Republicans definitely on board with that at a 64 to 29 vote. And I don't personally know any police officers said this could be just anecdotal but I, I i know some police officers but i don't know any that would oppose getting rid of the gun permit especially for open carry we should we should be able to constitutionally open carry now conceal i, I understand them wanting to have a permit for that i i get it because it's being it's being cloaked it's being for the hidden. state of indiana when it comes to conceal or not conceal this is how the state police officers run you're going to um get a certain type of look with your gun out and you're going to get a certain type of look if it's put away note the type of people that will look when it's out and look when it's in 
So keeping that in mind, you walk that line. But you're walking that line. Now, to, for them to go through and say, well, you need a permit if you want to keep it concealed. I'm more concerned about the gun I can't see than the gun I can see. And and the interesting thing is a lot of a lot of the idea behind concealed carry was the simple fact that a concealed gun is less likely to cause problems than an open carry gun. That's right. Because someone is less likely to feel like they have to defend themselves than when they see someone with a gun on their hip. So that, so for instance, I mean, if a if a guy goes into rob a bank, I'm not saying he's defending himself. He's he's actually the aggressor. He's he's a horrible individual doing a bad thing, right? Yeah. Um, we don't need to know his backstory. Maybe yeah. he has kids to feed, but he still walks in and he sees Josh with a gun boldly displayed on his hip, whereas he was going to walk in, wave it around, and say, hey, give me your money, he's now going to look at Josh and go, that guy's going to shoot me, and now he's going to escalate that, right? Possibly. Possibly. And, th- and that, Possibly. that's the whole or, idea. Or yeah. handle it in a different fashion. This, this goes back to a point that I had in the past. What stops a bad guy with a gun? A big guy with a gun. Fair. And, and now we can do that. And, but the whole idea was that you just, you know, the good guy with the gun doesn't need to be showing his gun. Doesn't right. doesn't need to be, but that may deter him. I agree there too, but, and that's one of the things but, that state police has um, said. Um, seeing that there is a gun that can be accessed, and we're all under a hundred percent assumption that the individual that is showing a gun that is is educated with that gun, okay. which is key, and that is what I highly recommend is that people get familiar with their gun, educate their children with their guns, and educate their gun. If it'll listen, <laughs> of course, because you know, the don't guns, shoot until I tell you. Guns gun. kill people. No, it's the it's the idiot that's at the other end of the the my, one pulling the trigger. My sister lives in Texas, and I asked the house the gun permit over there. What she goes? What? We don't need no, no gun permit here in Texas. We just go buy the gun, and that's it. Yep, exactly. So, well, um, it, it says I here, like the idea, uh, but the notion this, I've already paid for mine. I want a yeah. refund. I want a refund. <laughs> well, underneath this house bill 1077, anyone 18 years old or uh, older, older, who 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 legally uh, could uh, now can legally do so, carrying a gun, uh, open carry, uh, moving forward. Um, the, the the only restrictions being um, felony convictions. Um, or fa- anyone that faces a restraining order can still can still be. I don't think I think uh, what was the other one? Uh, mental mental health cases as well, which that's already on federal books. So there's nothing that the state level could do about that. And the same with and same with um, protective orders and things like that. That was already there. Yeah. So basically, yeah. they just went okay. This, done. but um, according to FBI uh, website, um, more often than not, it's actually um, they, they can't actually get full on statistics. But from what they could gather, um, there were uh, you're, you're looking at right around. Um, um, three million per year, um, guesstimated because they they can't really because it's I think it's one point seven million per year crimes that are actually stopped just from brandishing a, a good guy brandishing a gun. Yeah, um, and then it, uh, their guesstimation is, is actually it's probably more like three million because right. just what you said the guy walking into the bank and there's the good guy with the big forty five on his hip and he doesn't want to face it down and that's the one he can see. Yeah, and that's so just like, the one he can't see. So I, I see both sides of that, right? Like I say, I go, okay, okay, fine. The guy who has the gun, de- depending on what this guy's doing, right? We don't know if this guy's a wild card who's coming in to rob the bank. Is he going to just immediately escalate and try to kill the guy with the gun? Or is he going to go, well, that's one I have to worry about. Yeah. That guy is a problem. How many 
don't I know about <laughs> also. So yeah. maybe maybe it stops. And absolutely, I would love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would love to see that. And I, I don't, I think that plays out a lot more often yeah. than someone going, no, I'm going to go in guns blazing and shoot that guy. Cause generally say what less than 1% of people who point a gun are willing to shoot it. Exactly. And see that, and that goes right back to the police. The last thing they want to do is to have to pull that trigger. They have to go home with that on their mind and paperwork. Not only yes. that, they get an office job yep. and they can't, go back on the streets until they investigate to see why he used that gun. And most of the time they never get to return back to the streets, even if they were justified. Yeah. Because yeah. of the, the liability. Not only the liability, but just just uh, uh, just kind of where they play. Because, I mean, you could fall into postpartum depression. Um, not postpartum, but... Uh, um, I mean, some PTSD, post-traumatic yeah. stress post, disorder. Yes, that's the yeah. one. That's the one. That's the one I was looking Rounds for. are expensive. Every round of mine's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was yes. in a store on on East Street. Yeah. And I was buying something. These guys came in there, two guys. One was on the back, one was in the front. He pulled out a gun to the clerk and told him, Give me your money. This guy that was on the line pulled out a gun and put it on his head. He said, Give me your money. <laughs> and told him, put the gun down and go. The other guy ran. He got. He saved those people in that store. Yeah, exactly. That good guy with a gun. Yep, good guy with a gun. That's more often than not, and that's and that's why I'm such an advocate for it, um, because it's more often than not. If it was, if the statistics showed it went the other way and human nature was a little different, then by all means we could you know have these common sense gun laws. But that'll that'll be a story for another day. I think as we come to a close here. Um, we, we do want to ask ourselves, who are you? Right? We do want to ask ourselves, who are you? Are you are you a good guy? Are you a good girl? Um, do you want to be? I want to be, and I'm trying my hardest. That's right. And and I, I think we're all giving it our, our good old college try. Absolutely. And and we're using what we what we've learned here on the on the on the how to think portion <laughs> of the of the show today and it was rather robust but I think it was needed this week. I think it really was. I think there's going to be a lot of people out there including my uh, friends in in Pakistan who I'm going to be preaching to next Friday morning at 5 a.m. um Another story for another day. I am excited about that. When you told me about that, I was super excited. It's super powerful, and I, and I can't wait to tell that story once I, I've actually <laughs> accomplished that. I've never preached a, a message a day in my life, so this man across the table from me oh, is going to have to help me oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> write this sermon about salvation. But I'm, I'm super hungry about it, and I think I've got a lot of material to go with that today to use. So with that being said, uh, Father, would you uh, go ahead and um, lead us in prayer to close? Blessed Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for this evening, Lord, that we could come together as friends and family, Lord, to just uh, get into only, not just your word, Lord, but into topics that just kind of touch touch where we are as Americans, Lord, but not only touching us as Americans, but touching our hearts, Lord. We need to be walking with you far more than we walk with this world, Lord. We just ask that you take us home safely, Lord. Let those that will see this let them come to the understanding that you are the creator and our savior. And any that may come to you, Lord, as their savior that will say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. 
but then put it in the comment section below and let us know that God had a great impact in their life tonight, Lord. Amen. We ask all of this in Jesus' blessed and holy name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us here on Faith, Family, and Politics. Once again, I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. To my left here is Louis Rodriguez. Thanks for joining us, Louis. Thank you. May you return many, many more shows, sir. To my right, my father, Gary Moore. Hey, hey. And in fourth chair this week, host of Laughing Libertarian, you know him, you love him, Alan McFarland. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Peace.